Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and today we're talking about distortions in the market. But first, I'd like to ask for your help. I want to know what's on your mind. I regularly get questions from listeners in my email, and I love the engagement. In fact, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a number of AMA episodes. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. So I'd like to invite you to ask me anything. If you've got a great question, that you think is a broad interest, I'll answer it live on the air. Send me your questions to victor at victorjm.com. We are back examining distortions in the market. These distortions result in many sellers putting a property in the market and asking way too much for it. Now, you can't blame the seller. They're simply trying to maximize their profit. However, distortions in the market are everywhere, and one of the biggest contributors is lack of knowledge. There's a fallacy that if a property sold in your immediate area for, let's say, $100,000 more, your property is now worth $100,000 more. That's actually not true. Property owners look at recent sales numbers and determine that maybe their 50-year-old triplex is now a gold mine, and it's definitely not the case. Let me illustrate the point this way. If I sold a property to a family member of mine for, let's say, $1, does that mean that all the properties on the street are now worth $1? Well, of course not. There's got to be a large number of sustained transactions showing an increase in value or a decrease in value, and then and only then can you argue that the average has moved up or down, and therefore your property, let's say, is worth more. You need a statistically valid number of transactions to make that determination. Where it gets challenging is in smaller markets or where there simply aren't a large number of transactions. For example, if the asset is a 200-unit apartment complex, Even in a large city, there aren't that many transactions in a given year. Let's look at a case study in Lafayette, Louisiana. This is a smaller town of about 130,000 people along the Gulf Coast of Mexico. It's a university town with a strong cultural foundation. Its economy has been somewhat cyclical with the petroleum industry and the offshore oil development in the Gulf of Mexico. And there's been a modest amount of new construction. The most notable property is Chateau Mirage, a 280-unit complex built in 2011. That property sold to a real estate investment trust back in 2015 for $148,000 a unit. It's by far the most luxurious Class A apartment in Lafayette. When this property sold, it set a new record for prices in the city. Let's examine a case study of another multifamily property that we looked at just south of the downtown. It consists of 42 cottage homes, all in a single complex. Now, this property was built in 2014, and it has virtually no amenities on site. You know, none of the usual amenities like a swimming pool or tennis courts that you typically see in a Class A property, like, for example, Chateau Mirage. Quality of construction was, I would say, acceptable, but not first rate. And our analysis of the property showed that about $150,000 in upgrades were needed to bring the property into compliance with the local building and fire codes, even though it's essentially a new property. The seller for the cottages is asking $160,000 a unit. The seller took the appraised value and justified their asking price on the basis of that appraised value. Now, the appraisal assumes the property is performing at its potential. There are no other comparable properties in the market, and the closest comparable sale is Chateau Mirage, and it's hardly a comparable property. We're only dealing with a single data point. In our estimation, the cottages are inferior to Chateau Mirage, which sold at a record-setting price of $148,000 a unit. So we're asking ourselves, how can the seller for the cottages ask for more money than Chateau Mirage and deliver an inferior product? In fact, the seller could not provide any local comp data either. 
they included properties from out of state as comparable sales. It's hard to take those comparisons seriously. After all, real estate is a hyper-local business. Now, the rental rates at Chateau Mirage are similar. The expenses are higher at the cottages, but this is easily explained by the fact that, number one, there's a higher vacancy at the cottages, and number two, we're dealing with a smaller number of units. You simply have fewer units to share the cost of dedicated labor. Now, most income properties are valued as a multiple of net income. The seller says he's selling the property at a 6.7% cap rate, and the problem is that he didn't calculate the cap rate correctly. Therefore, his valuation is mathematically incorrect. Moreover, he was basing his numbers on the property performing at its full potential, not at the 12% vacancy that it's currently experiencing. So it doesn't make sense for me to buy a property that's underperforming, make all the necessary improvements, and give 100% of the credit for those improvements to the seller as if he'd done it all along. After all, that's why he's selling, because it's not performing where he needs it to be. The only thing I can say in defense of the seller is that the cost of construction has increased significantly since the properties were built. In fact, I would estimate the cost of construction has increased somewhere between 15 to 20% since he built those properties, and inflation is real. That doesn't mean the value is increased, it just means that if you were to build it again today, it would cost you more money than it cost him back in 2014. So as you can see, there are possible distortions in perspective in the market. It's no surprise that our fair price offer was rejected, and we remain far apart, so this is a deal that's not going to get done you're probably going to encounter situations like this in your travels. If you do, don't second-guess your analysis. Do your analysis, do your due diligence, and don't let an eager sales broker distort your way of analyzing properties. In the meantime, have a spectacular day. Hopefully you can find some good deals at a fair price. Make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.